0: To all of it, United Methodist Church here in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, and we hope that our services are fulfilling your expectations and undergird our services with much prayer and preparation. And we're going to be bringing before you this morning uh, Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. And if you want to grab your Bibles and be prepared this morning for that scripture, I know many of you follow along in your Bibles and you feel a part of a worship service when you can actually uh, follow along in the reading of God's Word according to Matthew 25 1 through 13. We're going to be having a special number today too. Many of you really appreciate those special numbers and we want to just kind of dedicate that to all of our veterans. This is Veterans Day week and it's going to be a completely different Veterans Day week and we just want to thank those facilities that made it possible for veterans to uh, have a meal free meal together and we don't know what what this week will hold but again thank you to all our military personnel we have a, a pen um, for our military personnel we want to honor you for your service to God and country as we uh, turn to our, our bulletins this morning I'd like to call on Boone and my wife Chris and they can be kind of prepared to share this scripture if you'd come at this time and get stationed Let's pray as they come. Father, we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray for your peace and your harmony in our country. We pray, Father, that you would bless the scripture that is read today and studied and in the essence of the word watch. You've called us to be the, the watch men and women on the wall, the wall of God's protective hand. We come now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray for Marie Wade, a faithful member of our congregation. Bless now the scripture and the service and in our, our administrative board as it meets following the service. In Jesus' name, amen. Boone and Christian, or Chris.
1: We're going to read responsively number 624. It's uh, the Great Commission from Matthew 28, Luke 24, Acts 1, Mark 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them.
2: And when they saw him, they worshiped him,
1: but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
2: Teaching them to observe all that you
1: and I always, to the of Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer, and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of the So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. They went forth and preached
0: everywhere, the Lord with them confirming the word with signs following. Amen. May God bless the reading and the hearing of His word. As we uh, prepare for our special music in our lay address, let's just uh, bow in a word of prayer. Father, we just want to thank you for your word that reminds us that your word keeps us safe. For in you we take our refuge. We say to the Lord, You are our Lord. Apart from you, we have no good thing. Lord, you alone are our portion and you are our cup. You make our lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for us in pleasant places. Surely we have a delightful inheritance. We praise the Lord who counsels us. Even at night, our heart instructs us. We keep our eyes always on the Lord. With the Lord at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon us to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to us the path of life. You fill us with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. As for us, we stand and we will be vindicated, and we will see your face when we awake, and we will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. Now we just pray your blessings upon Gary and Kathy as they come and share the music, and then immediately following um, Moments with the Laity with Mike.
3: Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning, Mike. Uh, I'm going to read the scripture so we're not confused about what I'm saying in my lay sermon. It's taken from Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. Once again, that's Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. The kingdom of heaven shall be compared to ten maidens who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those maids rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Hey, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out." The wise replied, Perhaps it will not be enough for us and for you. Go rather to the dealers and buy it for yourselves. And while they were went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward the other maidens came also, the other maids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour he comes. My, my last sermon's topic is wait patiently. It, recount, it recounts the example Jesus gave to his disciples regarding his second coming. The parable Jesus delivered in Matthew 25 says, Ten maids went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of these maids were wise. They brought extra oil for their, for their lamps. And five were foolish. They were foolish because they did not bring the extra oil for their lamps. But if they had to wait, they wouldn't have the oil. The oil represents faith in the Holy Spirit. The main party didn't know exactly when when the groom was going to arrive. And don't let that escape your notice. They didn't know of the arrival of the bridegroom. Just like we don't know exactly when Jesus is going to come back. We know he will come. But we don't know exactly when. We don't know exactly when the bridegroom Jesus is coming for his bride, the church, the Christian church. As I studied this parable, I thought, ten maidens? Why ten? That number is significant because in the Talmud, it's Jewish tradition and custom to have ten people in the bridal procession. The lit lamps were torches, of course, torches emitting light. This light represents the light of redemption that Jesus shines on the entire world. Whose bridegroom? Jesus. The bridegroom was delayed, and during this delay, the maidens that went out to greet him fell asleep. At midnight, they were awakened to the cry, Behold the bridegroom! Come out and meet him! The maidens rose from their slumber, jumped to their feet, and trimmed their lamps. I want to remind you, the minds were anticipating the arrival of the bridegroom. They, they were expecting him and even brought lamps out when they wanted to meet him. But those who out the extra oil were unprepared for any delay. Because of this lack of oil or Holy Spirit, they were not ready despite hearing of the bridegroom's arrival and going out to meet him. Consider Romans 8, 9, chapter 8, verse 9, but you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. If in the Spirit, God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So if you, not have, if you do not have faith in Jesus, you are not operating by the Holy Spirit, or in any way representing God authentically and legitimately. These maidens got to cry, that the bridegroom was coming, so they, they rose up and went to meet him, but those that did not have the extra oil, those that did not bring the oil, they were not prepared. So they said to the ones that brought the extra, oil, Hey, give, give us some of your oil so that we can have them go and meet the bridegroom. The wise ones that brought the oil said, Perhaps there will not be enough for us and for you. Go rather to dealers and get your, your oil for yourselves. The mains that had prepared for the delay, bring us extra lamp or oil or spirit for the torches went to the groom to the marriage feast, and the big door was shut behind them. Those without enough oil or faith were completely and utterly separated and closed off from those that had prepared themselves and brought the extra oil. They stood at the door and they were knocking. Hey, let us in. Open, open, Lord, Lord, open it to us. The groom went to the door. He said some very chilling words. Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. God forbid anybody hears those words from Christ. Unfortunately, they will. Verse 13, our final verse, sums up the lesson perfectly and very well. Verse 13 says, Watch therefore, you do not know neither the day nor the hour. You know, I often I pray for the souls that do not know Christ. To know Christ, the price to is free. You don't have to spend any money. You don't have to, all you have to do is spend a couple extra seconds of your time, bow down and pray to him that you, you believe in him and accept his gift made from grace. Jesus himself said, the fields are white for the harvest. In John chapter 4, verse 35, Christ is the Lord of that harvest. I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, we really don't take anyone to Jesus, take Jesus to anyone. That sounds kind of strange, but... Jesus is already there with them. He's with them, working and calling themselves to him and others. What we need to do is go there and explain that he's already there with them, and he's already doing stuff on their behalf. They just don't know him. Catch this. We need to show others how to illuminate the darkness they are living in. You see, the metaphorical light switch, Jesus on and off, is already there. But we must show others where the switch is and how to flip it on with a little bit of faith. But when we do this, they will be covered and bathed in the glorious eternal life and joy that illuminates all Christians from Jesus.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I'm Mike. I'm wondering if you could assist me by distributing. We want to honor our, our veterans today because this coming week is Veterans Day, oh. and um, let's have all our veterans please stand. Would you please stand, our veterans? We want to give them just kind of a small token there, if you would dispense it. And also, we have a gift for all of our uh, prisoners today. And if those, by way of television, would like to have a pen, we have pens available. And you just want to grab that pen at the back of the church. Can we all stand now and, and turn to our bulletins? Would you please stand and let us turn in our bulletins to the Savior's Advent 627? 27 as we stand on the promises of God here. And Chris, would you assist me? The Savior's Advent is taken from um, Luke chapter 2 here about the first coming of Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled and all went to be enrolled each to his own city. And while they were there, the time came for Mary to be delivered And in that region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which will come to all the people. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God, in the highest, and of Jesus, come again. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went. Thank you. You may be seated. Again, we want to thank Gary and Kathy for that fine number, and Clarice, We um, we take um, numbers by way of television, and that if you have um, a special number that you'd like to recognize. Um, this coming week, we notice in the bulletins um, birthdays and anniversaries, and I just got off the phone with um, Betty, and she sends her love and, and her blessings, and we do trust that um, you remember those who are celebrating anniversaries and birthdays kind of in a special way. I, I don't know how many of you have ever had an experience of running out of gas. Could, could I see by the show of hands, if you ever run out of gas? Don't you kind of wish that you can always kind of maintain that, that quarter of a tank? Or when the light comes on, it kind of reminds you that, you know, you, you have like, you know, 15 to 20 miles and you got to pull over right now rather than get to your destination. I've had a number of cars through the years that the gas gauges didn't work. But I, I was in so love with the vehicle and the car that and when I take it to the um, dealer, and many of these cars had problems because the, um, the gas gauge was actually inside the tank and it was almost more expensive repairing the gas gauge than the value of the car. I think that if we all had kind of a red light that went on when our spirit, our spirit is kind of low and we're we're kind of hurting on on the um, emptiness or the fullness of our of our our gas tank. What well, we find in this parable here, Jesus is talking about his second coming. We read about his first coming, but his second advent is is yet to be. Now this chapter we have now begun is a continuation of the Lord's prophetic discourse on the, the Mount of Olives. The time to which it all refers, it's its very plain. It's very unmistakable. Mike, you know, gave us a lot of the background and the, the emphasis. You know, there are ten virgins, you know, they're re- really pure with the Lord, but there's only like five that felt the necessity of oil. I've... Um, Conducted many, many weddings through the nearly 50 years that I've had my license to preach and elders' orders and deacons' orders and that. And there's only been probably a handful, a handful of times uh, that it was really chaotic where, you know, part of the wedding party thought it was really cute, really cute to steal a bride and bring the bride back, you know, 45 to an hour later. And it may have been somewhat cute, but in the minds of those who had come early for the wedding and really planned, you know, for the rehearsal and that, um, stealing the bride wasn't, um, wasn't exactly the thing that they expected during that wedding. There probably are weddings that, that stand out in your life, maybe a, your own personal wedding, and all the preparation and all the excitement that went into that wedding, and, and it seemed like you planned it for months, maybe years, And then it was over just within half an hour to 45 minutes. Well, the time to which it all refers is very plain and unmistakable. Um, From first to last, there is a continual reference to the second advent or the second coming of Christ and also the end of the world as we know it. The whole chapter of Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25 contains three divisions, three divisions. In the first division, our Lord uses his own second coming as an argument for watchfulness, watchfulness in a heartfelt religion. Then secondly, he, he does by the parable of the ten virgins. In the um, second, he uses his own second coming as an argument for diligence, diligence and faithfulness. Then he does by the parable of the talents. In the third, he, he, he winds up all by by a description of the great day of judgment, a passage which is filled with majesty and and beauty. It stands unequaled, unequaled in the New Testament. The parable of the ten virgins, which we have now read, contains lessons that are peculiarly um, solemn. It's it's a solemn, and it's kind of an awkward awakening. Let's see what they are. Well, we see for one thing that the second coming of Jesus Christ will find his church, his followers, with a mixed body. It's a mixed body, continuing in the world and the church, maybe one foot in the world and one foot in the church, containing both evil as well as good. In the professing church is compared, the confessing, it's a confessing church, is com- pa- compared to ten virgins who um, have their la- lamps and and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, the scripture always reminds us that Jesus is the bridegroom, and we are the bride of Christ. We are to be pure, we are to be innocent. And the lamps here, but only five had oil in their vessels to feed the flame. All of them professed to have an object, an object in view, but five only were truly wise, and then there were five. That were foolish now the visible church of christ is just in that that same kind of condition all its members may be baptized in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and some of the last words of jesus in the great commission was that go into the all all the world and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit in the visible church of jesus christ is in the same condition they try to have one foot in the world and maybe one foot. In in, in the church, they're all called Christians and profess to be the Christian religion, but not all have the grace and the merit and the spirit in their heart and really are what what they profess to be. It's one thing to profess something, and it's another thing to truly possess it, to possess it. Our own eyes tell us what, that it is so now. The Lord tells us that it will be so in the last days, there will be much confession and profession, but possession is the important thing to possess, the Spirit of God. And our own eyes tell us that it is so now, that the Lord tells us that it will be so when he comes again. Let us mark well this description. It's, it's a very humbling, humbling profession. I think it's fair to say that, that sometimes there are different views of this parable is held, Uh, by some interpreters. They consider that the ten virgins represent certainly all believers and that five are foolish, five are wise, five are believers and they fall into a sense of division that only shut out from certain privileges at the Lord's return and are finally saved and I cannot really accept the correctness of this view. It appears to me to be to do some sense of violence to the plain meaning of the conclusion of this parable, because we, we need to include the general tenor of our Lord's discro- discourse in this place and to contradict scripture and related scriptures is to um, sense that we're, scripture supports one another rather than unsupportive, and I believe that the ten virgins represent the, the two great classes which possess the visible Church of Christ and the converted, and the unconverted, the false professors and the real Christians, the hypocrites and the true believers, the foolish builders and the wise builders, the good and the bad, the, the living and the dead, the wheat and the tares. His view is new or uncommon. Oftentimes I um, look at a number of interpreters and it's held by by the main view of commentators um Bollinger and Brentis and Gallagher and Palkin and Furris and Prose, Castor, Malkus, Lay, Baxter, Quintonius, Manton, Henry, Burkett, Dodge Drill, Gill, and Scott, and many other interpreters will find that his church is a mixed body containing evil. Well, as good. The professing church is compared to um, ten virgins who took their lamps and they went forth to meet the bridegroom. All of them had lamps, but only five had oil in their vessels to to feed the flame. Today, how is your flame? How is your um, flame for Christ going? How do you picture yourself as you walk with Christ? Are you watching for his return? Are you as excited about the return of Jesus Christ as you were possibly about your marriage and going to a wedding and the excitement and the anticipation After all our preachings and after all of our prayings, after all of our visiting and after all our teachings, after all our missionary exertions abroad and and the means of grace at home, many will be found at last dead in their trespasses and sins. The wickedness and the unbelief of human nature is, is a subject about which we have all much to learn. Human nature is something that can be so diabolical, but filled with the spirit of the gifts of Christ of love and joy and peace and patience and long suffering and meekness and gentleness and self control. We see for another thing that that Christ's second coming, the second coming of Jesus Christ, whenever it may be, will take people by surprise. It will be by surprise. Can you imagine being surprised? It seems like we've entered an era of time when every day is a surprise. Every morning and afternoon and hour things change. We see for another thing that Christ's second coming, whenever it may be, will take people by surprise. And this is a truth which is set before us in this parable. It's It's in a very striking manner at midnight. I used to like to stay up and brag about the fact that I could stay up to, for midnight, but it seems in the latter years of my life that I, I don't have that need to stay up till midnight. Even on New Year's Eve, I can handle maybe going to bed and believing the papers next day that it's 2021 20, or so. At midnight, when the virgins were slumbering and they were sleeping, there was a cry. You just about scared me out of my pew, Mike, when you said, The bridegroom cometh when Jesus returns to the world it will be just the same when jesus returns to the world as he came at his birthday how many welcomed his arrival it was just shepherds it was angels the church was really asleep the temple those who knew the prophecies he will find the vast majority i afraid of of humankind utterly unbelieving i hope i'm wrong but many will be unprepared unprepared They will find the bulk of his believing people in a very sleeping and indolent, indolent state of mind and soul. Business will be going on in town and country just as it does now. Politics, trades, farming, buying, selling. Pleasure-seeking will be taking up much of humans' attention just as it does now. Rich, the rich will still be faring sumptuously and... The poor will still be murmuring and, and complaining. Churches will still, still be full of divisions and complaining. Churches will be caught up in the very trifles and theological conversations will be still raging. Ministers, ministers and pulpits will be calling people to repentance and congregations will be, be still putting off the day of decision. And in the midst of all this, the Lord Jesus himself the lord jesus christ himself shall suddenly suddenly appear in in an hour it says when no one thinketh the startled world shall be summoned to break off all of its employments and to stand before the lawful king there is something unspeakable awful in this idea but thus it is written and thus it shall be well might a dying person a dying minister say We're none of us more than half awake, half awake. We see in the next place that when the Lord comes again, many will find out the value of saving, saving religions, that it's too late. The parable tells us that when the bridegroom came, when Jesus came, the foolish virgins said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. And Some have thought that the oil was representative of the Holy Spirit, that's why we believe when we anoint the sick with oil, we're anointing them with a special essence of the Holy Spirit to repair their bodies and and ask God's blessings upon them. It, it tells us further that as the wise had no oil to spare, the foolish went to buy for themselves. And it tells us finally that they came when the door was shut and asked in vain for admission. Lord, Lord, they they cried, open, open unto us. And all of these expressing expressions are striking emblems of, of things to come. Let us take heed that we do not find them true by experience to our own eternal ruin. Many of you, by way of television and radio and Facebook and YouTube, you ask, how do you prepare? How do you prepare for your vacation? and How do you prepare for other events in your life? Sometimes we make a checklist. How is your checklist? Sometimes we call it um, the things that we want to do before we die. We may settle it in our minds, but that there will be an entire change of opinion one day as to the necessity of, of decided, decided Christianity. At present, we, we must all be aware the vast majority of professing Christians care nothing at all about it. They have no sense of sin. They have no love towards Christ. They know nothing of being born again. Repentance and faith and grace and holiness are mere words and names to them. They are subjects which they either dislike or about which they feel no concern. But all this state of things which shall be one day shall come to an end. Knowledge, conviction, the value of the soul, the, the need of a savior shall all burst on our sights or. our Minds one, one day like a, a flash of lightning. But alas, then it will be too late. It will be too late for buying the oil. It will be too late on calling the spirit when the Lord returns. Scripture seems to suggest that when the rapture occurs and Christians are taken out of the world, that the Holy Spirit will be taken too. That the sense of moral consciousness will diminish. the The mistakes that are now are not found out till that day, are irretrievable. Are we ever mocked? Are we ever persecuted? Are we ever thought foolish because of our religion? Let us bear it very patiently and pray for those who who persecute us. They know know not what they are doing. They will certainly alter their, their minds one day. We may yet hear them confessing that we were wise And they will confess that they were foolish. The whole world shall one day acknowledge that the saints of God made a very wise decision and wise choice. And we see lastly in this parable that that when Christ returns, true Christians shall receive a rich reward for all they have suffered for their heavenly father's sake. We are told that when the the bridegroom cometh, they that were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, And the door was shut, much like when Noah had preached for years that a flood would come and the door was closed in the ark. True Christians shall alone be found ready at that very second advent, advent, uh, the coming of Christ. They're washed in the blood of the atonement. They're clothed in Christ's righteousness. They're renewed by the Spirit of God. They shall meet their Lord with boldness and sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb to go out no more to go out no more. Surely this will be a blessed, blessed prospect. They shall be with the Lord, with the Lord who loved them and gave himself for them, and with the Lord who bore with them and carried them through their earthly pilgrimage, with the Lord whom they loved truly and followed faithfully on earth through with much weakness and many a tear. Surely this will be a, a blessed hope, a blessed prospect. The door shall be shut at last, shut in all pain and sorrow, shut in all ill-natured and wicked world, shut on attempting devils, shut on all our doubts and all our fears, shut to be open again no more. And surely we again will say, "This is our blessed hope. This is our, our blessed prospect." Let us remember these things. They will bear meditation. They are all true. The believer may have much, much tribulation. But the believer has before them abounding consolation. We need to be consoled. We need to be consoled. Heaviness may endure for a night, but scripture says joy cometh in the morning. The day of Christ's return shall surely make amends for all. Any deficits we've experienced in life will be gone. Let us leave this parable this morning with a a settled determination, never to be content with anything short of indwelling grace and the indwelling spirit of our hearts that the lamp and the name of christianity the profession the, the ordinances of christianity are all well in their way but they are not the one thing that's need, needful let us never rest till we know that we have the oil the oil of god's spirit in our hearts lord as we bow in prayer and as we pray for those by way of television and radio and youtube and facebook we we thank you that prayer has no boundaries. Prayer has no distance. That, that God can reach out and touch the hearts of many people. And I, I just really appreciate those who write in and those who call and suggest that you've made decisions for Jesus Christ. We, that's what it's all about. That's why we have this television ministry and radio and YouTube and Facebook. When people are touched and, and, and encouraged and when they're edified when they are when they're strengthened. We want people to be washed in the blood of atonement, clothed in Christ's righteousness, renewed by the Spirit. We want them to say, not think so, feel so, or hope so, but that they know so, that they're clothed in Christ's righteousness, renewed by the Spirit, and that they shall meet their Lord with boldness, and they shall sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb to go out into the world no more, but into the kingdom. With every head bowed, and we, we pray for peace with God, and the three steps to peace with God is that A, B, C. A, we need to acknowledge that we've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then B, we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we need to confess, to repent, to turn the direction, to be led of the Spirit. And would you pray these words by way of television, or radio, or YouTube or Facebook? Dear Jesus, I've sinned and fallen short of Your glory in the things that I've done and left undone. Forgive my sins. Come to my heart and life. Be my Savior and be my Lord. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit and direct me, O God, in your ways. Amen. As we continue in an attitude of prayer and watchfulness, would you join me in the offertory prayer and our bulletins? And I'm so um, blessed by Mary Waite and many saints of God that have been faithfully supporting our church by their prayers and their financial support. Even though they can't be here, they're sending them in. And um, Marie wanted to be here in the, the worst way, and, and she says, even though I can't be here, I'm sending uh, my offerings. And I just praise the Lord for faithful stewards of, like Marie Waite and others. Let, let's join in our offertory prayer. Ever vigilant God, you watch over us every night as we sleep, and every day as we rise to do our work. And as we gather at tables to feast on the food you provide, your care for us is never ceasing. We long to be as vigilant as we strive to be thy kingdom, a ready church you desire here on earth. Help us to keep our eyes and our ears open to the needs around us. May we give so generously that when it is time to close our eyes and sleep, We will rest knowing we have been faithful and vigilant in our caring and compassion. In Christ we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me now for the doxology, please? Father, this morning, we thank you for the prayers and financial support those around the world. Vindicate us, O God, and as we plead our cause against an unfaithful nation, rescue us from those who are deceitful and wicked. For you are our God; you, you are our stronghold. We ask, O Lord, that according to Psalm 43, that you are our clear light of truth. And during those times when we want to celebrate your nearness, Lord, why do we sometimes seem so distant? When we try so hard to create happiness, why do we lose so much joy? In this world in which we are the light and the salt and the leaven, why is there so much darkness? And when we want so much to experience your goodness, why does evil show up at our doorstep? May we learn anew that we cannot work our way into your presence. Remind us, O oh Lord, that we cannot buy our way into your favor. Help us to understand that we cannot reach you by taking shortcuts through darkness. And teach us, again, that we cannot build walls high enough to protect ourselves from evil. We want to follow your clear light of truth, the light, the truth, the way. Reach your holy mountain and praise you for being King of kings and Lord of Alls. Now may the blessings of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit go with us and abide with us now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Are there any announcements? I know if Kathy was here, she'd probably be reminding us about our immediate ad board meeting. Any other announcements that we need to be aware of? Remember, um, see, is it Friday that's Veterans Day? That fall on Friday? That's Wednesday, Wednesday. So if you know a, a veteran, call them and thank him for their service in the past and present. Any other announcements? You keep rearing your thoughts and prayers, and um, you appreciate the all-call kind of the updates on how she's doing in that. And then we have a card back there, um, get-well card, and then also a um, birthday card for Betty. May the Lord bless you now and, and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious and merciful unto you. We love you, and God loves you. Amen. Go in peace.